welcome to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast, your one-stop shop for building client relationships, scaling your business, and ultimately growing your income. When you are looking for your next step in personal and financial growth, we've got you covered with your host, number one international best-selling author and heart-centered sales expert, Connie Whitman. Welcome to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast on webtalkradio.net. I'm your Heart Centered Sales Leader and podcast host, Connie Whitman. So every week as you tune in and you listen to the show, you know, listen, I get it. Building relationships, communication skills, all kind of hard. And when we start talking about sales and shifting that mindset from that icky, sleazy, pushy kind of perspective to one of love, care and respect, it takes effort, right? So my free gift for you right out of the gate is go to my website and you can get my free communication style assessment. It gives you a short report as to your superpowers. And it also gives you a report as to your blind spots. Guess what? Most of the time we're shooting ourselves in the blind spot. So that report should help you navigate a little bit more uh, smoothly. So go to Whitman com slash CSA for communication style assessment. So thanks for joining us as always. Um, I'm so happy to have you on this journey and through this podcast. And my motivational quote is by the amazing coach, John Wooden. And he says, success is never final. Failure is never fatal. It's the courage that counts. Now, wouldn't you agree that staying fluid in this ever-changing world is just really critical to success in our business, really success in our careers? And we all experienced great change last year with the global shutdown. So what resources are available to us fairly inexpensively to grow our business in this digital world. Well, of course, I have an amazing guest today who's an expert in this realm, and his name is Henny Sh- Henry, I apologize, Henry, Henry Schaffler. Now, Henry is the CEO of Schaffler Associates and works with coaches, consultants, and small business entrepreneurs to help them double and triple their high-ticket client enrollments, especially in this new virtual business environment. Now, small businesses are more important than ever, not only for the livelihood of solo founders, small businesses, and their families, but for the entire country as a whole. Now, Henry is proud to serve this vibrant vibrant community of business servants. So please help me welcome my wonderful friend, Henry, to the show. So, Henry, thanks for being on. So glad to be here with you and your tribe, Connie. Yeah, you know, I really love doing the podcast, Henry, and I think that we share just real quality content that's available to everybody, right? To listen every week, pick up a tip here, a tip there, and hopefully improve their life and their business. So my first question is, you had you were introduced to me and you were gracious in inviting me to join the virtual selling summit this year that's happening June 29th through July 1st. Why did you decide you're the host. You're, you're kind of the grand poobah of it, if you will. Why did you decide to host this virtual uh, selling event? Over the last year, uh, I began seeing something that we'd all seen for years before. But when the pandemic hit and we were all forced to work from home and everything went virtual, this phenomenon was multiplied tenfold, a hundredfold. And that is that the people we work with, coaches, consultants, and uh, small business entrepreneurs uh, have had challenges enrolling clients 
in the virtual environment. Uh, many of us, uh, we got our stripes going to local networking events, chamber of commerce, uh, getting referrals from friends, uh, having a cup of coffee at Panera, getting in, getting into somebody's office, um, especially if, if we're business to business, even, um, business to consumer coaches, uh, have, you know, done a lot offline over the years, all of a sudden we were thrust and we were forced into getting specific. How do I do this? Because before many people avoided trying to enroll and close people online because it was just so different and they were either afraid of it or when they did it, they couldn't succeed. When for the last year, it became not only a pandemic for our health, but a pandemic for growing our businesses for many people. Of course, not everyone, thankfully. That's why we saw we need to get out there and help. And there's all these people uh, like Connie who have broken the codes on this and they've they've figured out how to get not only as as much success as they had before but even more success i found from these 24 speakers you know what henry we've done better in the past year than we were doing before so we want to share all that experience and success with everybody out there that needs the help and, and we all need help. That's the reality. And none of us can do this alone. And meeting like-minded people who, like you said, have broken the code. If we can duplicate and make it ours, right? I'm not saying, because here's another thing, Henry, and you and I have had this conversation. I don't believe in cookie cutter. Everybody is different. Every client is different. Yes, there are some similarities. Yes, foundationally, we can create some habits and systems. But when you're in front of your client, you really, you know, it's all about sales for me and communicating and making it about the client. And I think that the 24 folks that are in this group are just rock stars um, from the start, you know, from the get go. So there's so much to be, be learned from these experts that again, they have proven techniques. So for my listeners, what are some of the things that you can share with them what they can expect to get by not only, you know, taking the free ticket, you have a checklist, which we're going to give to you guys at the end of the show, the link to, to get into the know with all of this, but what are some of the success things that you think my listeners could walk away with by participating? Okay, so there's there's a number of steps um, that we use as kind of a guidepost. And so the first step is something that many in uh, in our audience miss, and that's building your strategy. So you you've got we've got seven steps here. I'm just going to go through them. You have to understand who your target is, what their problems are. You, you've heard the term, what's their pain? What keeps them up at night? Or what's on their mind that they can't shake when they get up in the morning? And your strategy is, so how can I speak to that? And how can I help that person? How can I ease their burden? This is not some kind of marketing and sales technique, in my view. This is, you know, true human empathic caring, actually. I want to help these people. But yep. first, I need to find out, who are they? Where do where do I find them? And what are their problems? And how can I help them? 
And then the next step is really looking at, well, what do I, what, what do I have so far? What are my assets? I've got an address book. I've got, a, I've got people in LinkedIn. I've got people on Facebook. How many of those people are the people like I want to reach? Because many times they aren't. I've got all these people on Facebook, but, you know, 70% of them are family and friends. I've got Facebook groups, uh, but there there's thousands of people there who are not responding. I want to find who are my assets amongst what I already have that can respond uh, that have these pain points and challenges that I can help. And if I don't have them, then I develop some new assets with what we call lead generation. We're talking about that a fair amount in the summit. But we want to make sure people realize you may already have the assets you need to develop those leads and prospects when you get the right strategy. If you don't, a number of the 24 people are sharing about lead generation strategies, and it's different, Connie, than people might think. It's not about going onto LinkedIn and throwing out a uh, 100, uh, 200, 300 messages a day and, and asking people if they'd like an appointment. We're all tired of that. We've got new, fresh ideas that are about caring and building relationships with people. Once you've got that part clear, the next step is organize and automate. How, how do you... How do you keep organized? Many people fall down in this process, Connie, because they don't they don't use automation and they don't use something we call, uh, you know, CRM, uh, uh, contact relationship management. Many of us are kind of technology phobic. No problem. We get that. You're into the different buying styles. And that relates also to things like Myers-Briggs and DISC, right, Connie? Yes. People are different. Uh, but we've found even... Even if you're not a tech kind of person or even technophobic, it doesn't mean you're bad or anything, but you need help. So we've got people that are experts in this. They've got software programs that they've developed specifically for this. And there's many virtual assistants out there that can help us with all these sorts of things. Yes. But the next piece we're talking about is you've got to organize and automate so that when you when you've developed the strategy, you have the right people to talk to, you know what their pains and problems are, you're sending out content to attract them, then you have to be able to organize and do the follow-up. Follow-up is the most important aspect of getting to yes. Uh, Many people, they want to communicate with somebody once or twice. If they don't respond, they say, oh, I guess they're not interested. I don't want to be a pest. Not so. Actually, research shows most sales and enrollments happen between the 7th and the 13th follow-up yep. communication. Many people are afraid of that. So in the summit, we're talking a lot about that. Uh, there's a lot of people sharing how we can realize and this is great. We can embrace it. We can actually get motivated to want to go out and do all those follow-ups. And then the next piece is connecting and educating. So many, many people in the coaching consulting communities have lots of content. We've all got great content. Let's get it out there. Um, but again, we have to do it strategically. We've got a number of people talking about how to do that, not just posting it everywhere, not just sending it out to mass lists, but what is content that is talking about these pain points 
I have determined that these people in my tribe have, how can this content help them? And how will it help them realize actually that I'm a person that can they can come to for more help if they need it? And so this connect and educate piece is important. Again, we've got a number of people uh, that are experts in that area. And finally, it's down to make make your offer. So, so many people don't go through a process we've talked about so far. And so they, they're just making offers all the time. Hey, here's my appointment calendar. Nice to connect with you on LinkedIn. Here's my appointment. We're in the same Facebook group. Why don't you make an appointment? Um, you've got to go through the process before. And so actually, we've got one speaker who says, if you do all these things right, you're going to have people contacting you and asking for an appointment. Isn't that wonderful? That's what we want. Um, we, our offer is actually <laughs> the dream. People making an offer to me to come and talk to me about how I can help them. And lastly, the enrolling step. And this is, again, super important. We've got several people talking about this in sales. They call it the close. Many people in our profession don't like that word. Uh, but whatever it is, it's how, how can I help someone take the step to make the commitment to work with me so I can help them? And, you know, quite honestly, it gets down to how do I ask the person to take out their card so we can complete the business relationship and I can begin helping them. There's lots of challenges there. And once again, we've got several people that are uh, talking about that enrollment phase and uh, and how how to naturally uh, ask people, shall we start working together? So I've probably taken up the whole time, as you can tell. I'm You're really so cute. No, that can I tell you, that was so beautiful, Henry. What a clear, succinct path, number one. And even if somebody listening is saying, oh, I'm good at that, I'm good at that. Uh-oh, not good at that, not good at that, not good at that. That There's a resource, right? And and the tickets are free to join. You get a free checklist where um, Henry has coordinated on that checklist each of the experts and what I guess like our superpowers are, what our biggest tip is that you can get away. So just with that one free resource, it might pivot and shift you to make, you know, 10 extra sales this month or, or sign up 10 new clients. I want a couple, I want to comment on a couple of things. I remember when I first started in sales 39 years ago, I was two years old, Sam, uh, Henry, I'm just saying I was extremely exactly. young, right? Exactly. So, so Henry, I was, I was um, 39 years ago. The statistic was the client needed to hear from you. Back then it was mail, snail mail, not email, but they needed to hear from you five to eight times. Now, fast forward, and each year that seems to have gone by, the number of touch points where they, they need to hear from you is now that eight to 13. So that's real guys. We stop though at four. Okay. So the seventh step in my process, I was laughing as you were uh, talking about, you know, you kind of have to follow up that and the CRM, the contact relationship management system helps. So things don't fall through the crack. My seventh step, Henry, I call CPR follow-up. I it's CPR is 
you know, you keep the client alive, but it's consistent, <laughs> persistent. Right. And the last one is respectful follow-up. We're not saying badger the client, but we're saying stay in contact, share relevant, good quality content so that the client gets to know you. And then by the time they're ready to sit in front of you, they're ready to say yes. And there was one last thing I wanted to comment on that you said that was brilliant. When you ask for the business, I too hate the word close. I feel like we're closing the relationship instead of expanding it. So I, I don't use that word close, right? When you get to that step though, and for me, it's step six in my process, three things should happen. And I think Henry and I, you've spoken about, you and I've spoken about this. One, the client is like, where have you been my whole life, right? I, I need you. Second one is we respond to the client. You're not ready for me yet. You have all of these other things. This isn't that you need to do that before this piece of the puzzle. Let's stay in contact schedule. Let's keep up to date, right? So we're still building the relationship. We're just not asking for the business right now because they're going to say no. There's still an overwhelm or whatever's going on. Or the third one is... I'm not the right person for what you're trying to accomplish. You really need to talk to my friend, Henry. And that's another big piece. I think of the puzzle that you talked about earlier, your assets. We have colleagues that we should be referring to and vice versa. They refer to us. The more Henry and I get to know each other, the more I could send more people to him, the more he can see opportunities where people need my expertise. So the assets are, yes, you're Absolutely. Your, your raving clients should be referring to you as well. But you want to build your peeps, man. You want to expand these relationships with like-minded, for me, business owners, right? If you're icky sleazy, you ain't, you ain't functioning in my world at all, right? Amen to that. So I love everything you said. I just wanted to comment on those uh, few, few I'm pieces. Comment back on one thing. Yeah. You mentioned raving clients. I want raving fans. I raving clients. I don't because <laughs> they're crazy. <laughs> no, no, they give me a hard time. Actually, if we do this right, we won't have raving clients, but we will have raving fans. Sorry, Absolutely. I'm just having no. And you know, okay, you said something else that's kind of funny. Every client in 39 years that has ever done business with me, whether it's a corporate client, an individual, when I did um, B to C, and now obviously B to B as well. <laughs> They become my friends. I right. I cannot, I have a hard time. I don't know if it's the Italian in me, but I have a hard time saying, well, you're my client because you get personal with people. How do you not get personal with people that are in your orbit that you're working with on a regular basis? So I have raving clients that become raving friends um, because once you're in my orbit, you can't get rid of me. That's what I do. I'm like the bad penny that keeps showing up. <laughs> you can't get rid of me. <laughs> I have another question for you. What do you think in your experience is the most common error that you see coaches and consult consultants make when they're approaching this this kind of online uh, virtual platform now? I think it's it's several. Um, I think one of them is not realizing that it's about relationships. It's not about sales. It's not about content, frankly. Yeah. Um, those are tools to build the relationship. When we're live in front of people at Panera, at a networking event, um, we're referred by our friend Joe and we, we go over to Jean's office to meet her. It's 
it's all relationships, right? But online, if you're going out there, uh, even if, Connie, you refer someone to me, that's that's a little bit of a step up from the fact that I might have met them cold, but still, they don't know anything about me. Uh, I believe, you know, we are physical and spiritual beings. I don't want to go too far off into that, but but that spiritual part of humanness has to has to ha- and doing it across the internet is so much more of a challenge. Yes. So I think many people and sorry guys if you don't like this many of the guys out there don't realize this relationship piece. It's like kind of intellectual technical how can I get out there I want to I want to talk to a thousand people a day on LinkedIn. I want to set up 25 appointments. I want to get 10 contracts. It's all this kind of stuff, but do it. That's not going to do it. We need to have the relationship first. And in this virtual environment, many people are missing that piece. So they're going out there and throwing out content. It's not about building a relationship with the content. It's the content. So, for example, if I put up a piece of content on LinkedIn or Facebook, I think it's brilliant. And I say, won't you comment on this? I might do something. But if I think about it, how can I stimulate the person that's going to get this content? I know they've got these pain points and problems. How can I speak to it and get them to talk back to me? And then at the end, I say, I hope this struck a chord with you. It'd be great if we could start a conversation together. What struck you about it? And what might you learn to do something better from it? And now you've got some interaction going with that person over the Internet or, you know, sometimes with email, it's like, here's here's uh, a new piece I just created. I'd love for you to take a look at it. Um, I'd, I'd like to know honestly what you think. Is there something in there that was valuable? And frankly, if there wasn't, I'd like to know that too, because I want to get better. Please help me. Or little surveys. I like to do little four and five question surveys, uh, especially with LinkedIn people. There's no ask for an appointment. There's no, it's just like, I'd like to know your thoughts. And I did it before this summit. I asked three questions and I asked people, what do you think about this? What's been your biggest struggle on the Internet? And they gave me answers. I used it to build the summit. And guess what? Three speakers came from those questions because we built a relationship. One of them said, I really appreciated that you asked me what I think people like to give their opinion. So there's all kinds of ways to start building involvement and build relationships. And for what I've seen, that's the single biggest challenge people have had online. They're not creating relationships. And you know, what's so funny with that for me, Henry, I, I think it's so easy because a couple of things, everybody's used to zoom now. Everybody knows Zoom. It were a year ago. They were like a Zoom. What is that? So everybody knows Zoom. And the other thing, you know, as I'm getting intro emails, Connie, you have to meet Henry. Henry, you have to meet Connie. And I get on these um, Zoom meetings. I already feel like I know the person because the person that's connecting them to me, we already have something in common. So I'm finding it 
super productive in the sense that I'm finding more of my people, like-minded people like myself versus going to a networking event, having a list of people, right? I would always get the list in advance so I could strategically think, who do I really need to talk to here that would resonate with me and me resonate with them or that we could help each other? But it's it's a list, now, Henry knows who Connie Whitman is. If Henry sends somebody, Connie, I really think you need to talk to a colleague and friend. We're jumping on. I feel like there's a level of, and I know everybody freaks out when I say this word, intimacy. And I don't mean that in a weird way, but there's a level of familiarity that I don't think we had when we went to the live events. I don't know. Are you feeling that or am I just a wackadoo? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, but it can be built online. That's that's yeah. the point. And I think some of the work you do where you're helping people understand the different uh, buying styles and selling styles, that's all about relationships. If somebody has a different personality type than me, I need to work differently. Uh, you and I found that we're we're a similar similar in style. So the first minute we met, it was like sparks and we're crackling and it's cool. And I can feel that in this meeting right here. But sometimes, a lot of time, you're actually across the internet with someone that's a very different type of person. If you start cracking and popping like we have with a more introverted person, they're actually not going to like you. Turned off. So that kind of thing's really important too. I just want to put in a, a, you know, a few thoughts about what you do for everybody in relation to what we're talking about in that summit. Yeah. And I love that. It was funny. I did a event for Microsoft. Um, they have like soft skills and they have speakers come and speak and it's like this big global, you know, uh, platform. Anyway, the gentleman was from Africa and he was opposite style of mine. So by the end, you know, I, I go through my five styles, guess which one I am. And he verbalized and he knew exactly what I was. And just from his tone of voice and um, the, the style of how he delivered the message, I said, you're a precise assessor. And he laughed. He said, yes, I am within seconds. Right. I, I've been doing this a long time. We, I was, it was easy for me to diagnose. Right. So he said to me, but you want to know what's funny? I love meeting. I'm a stimulating motivator because I love meeting people like you because I need that jolt of energy that I don't usually get. So he knows he gets stuck in the weeds. So when he's around a stimulating motivate, but see, he's done some self-work too, Henry, right? right? He's aware of that need within him that that stimulating motivator or someone who's the opposite style pushes him a little bit, which he knows he needs. So it's just, it's fascinating because you know, when you speak to a large group, you have every style there. So how do you connect with every style, right? You modulate your voice. You speak a little faster, then you speak a little bit slower. You look at the camera, then maybe you look away and then you look back because somebody who has opposite styles from us, if we look at them in the camera really intensely, like we're, you know, you and I are doing, they're like, Oh my God, does she ever look away? It becomes a little intimidating. So these are little things that yes, we need to be right. mindful of. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent agree with that. There's a lot of talk about high ticket programs, right? We all want to sell our high ticket programs. And you mentioned you, this is kind of like your wheelhouse of expertise. What's the trend all about and why are you such an advocate for those high ticket type of uh, client connections? I love that one. Um, and I've been I've experienced it. 
And I know many coaches, consultants, small business entrepreneurs do. By the way, small business entrepreneurs like uh, software people, um, graphics people, others, they're solo, Mm -hmm. uh, but they're in the same boat uh, that we content providers are. And and all of us, um, we, we tend to not value what we have and who we are. So we think I've got to go out there with a $97 product. I couldn't imagine asking somebody for $10,000. They'll never give it to me. Uh, and and so we go out there with a little ebook or a little video or a, we go and do this big webinar and we try to drive people to buy something for two, three hundred dollars and we get some sales. But actually, it's not enough. It's it's like we put out all this effort and we get so little uh, back in in terms of remuneration. And let's face it. We need income. Now, a lot of us are idealistic. We want to change the world. We have the stuff to change the world uh, for people and change their world. Uh, But we actually need to make money in order to sustain our lives and maybe to be able to grow. If you really want to help people, you need to be able to scale your business. So to do that, you need to make a lot of money. It's not just about being selfish. I know we have a lot of idealistic helping people in our community. And I, I love that. I fancy myself the same, but at the same time, we need the revenue. So if we keep selling $97 to $300 low ticket products, we're never going to break through. And then the next, sometimes people say, okay, let me create an online course. That's been a big deal. We used to do it offline. I used to go into a company and I'd sell a $25,000 contract to a big company, go in and train all their managers or their salespeople. Great. As we've been driven online, um, it's been different. And we think, okay, things are starting to open up. I can get back into those corporations. But you know what? We're finding a lot of those companies now are thinking, well, let's just stay online with the training. It's uh, it's going to cost us less and we don't have to fly the person out there and put them up and sure. all this fancy stuff. We don't have to fly them out here two or three times for uh, assessing what we need. Everything's virtual now. Let's find people that do it. So how can I sell high ticket programs all virtual and deliver them. And we can't talk too much about how you put that together. But what we want people to understand, Connie, is that if you can get 10 clients at $20,000 a year, that's it's only 10 clients. You can you can do it or 20 clients at 10,000. We say a high ticket program is $10,000 or more. Um, Just think if, if you've got a $200 little program, how many do you have to sell to get $20,000? It's a thousand or a hundred or some some huge amount. Yeah. And honestly, it takes almost the same effort to enroll that low ticket as the high ticket. If you do things the way the experts in our summit are talking about, which is based on relationships, the strategy of what people's problems are. So we want to open people's mind up. You can 
offer those high ticket programs, you can ask that kind of a fee. You're worth it. And the last piece, it has to have more personal care in it. So you're going to do more one-on-one work with people. Coaches have been uh, charging way too little for their one-on-one work. You structure it inside a program that has lots of other pieces, including content and videos. Group coaching is the thing these days. Um, And then you build some of your personal time. How do you scale that? Well, when you get to a certain point, you start hiring and training other coaches to come in and do what you've done. And now you've got a real business with high ticket programs that you can scale and help lots more people and make lots more money. But without that high ticket program, I'm sorry, Connie, you're not going to do it. You're going to have a little enterprise, kind of a, a hobby business up there with some nice eBooks and workshops and video courses, but it's never going to be what you dream of having this great big enterprise that can help hundreds and thousands of people. And for I me, think it is the answer. Yeah. And I, Henry, so well said, I agree a hundred percent. And it's funny because my programs, you know, you have the video, the workbooks, right? You do the group coaching. I'm big on the one-on-one because again, everybody, nobody's cookie cutter. So everybody needs a little something different. So that one-on-one becomes, you know, really impactful. So I like my programs because I do a blending um, depending on where people are, right. That they'll come in at some people need more handholding, right. That it is what it is. The other thing um, that's important to understand two things. If we could play bigger, right? Where we're making more money. I truly believe that we can give more, we can share more. Um, so not only now am I making more money, but the people I'm helping are making more money. We can be more philanthropic, right? We can start foundations where we give to underprivileged children or do something with food, right? So, so no, no child goes to bed hungry, whatever it is. But if you're just making ends meet, how do you ever expect to be able to give? And the other thing, too, I find when we're playing small like that, we're working so hard. We're on the treadmill. You don't even have time to say, let me go to my local food kitchen and and volunteer my time. If you don't have the money, we can volunteer time. You don't even have time to do that. So the more we earn, the more we can do and the more we can help. It's to me, I call it the trifecta. <laughs> you win. Your clients win, right? Because now they're scaling and making more money and the world wins because you're able to give back with whatever your passion is from a philanthropic perspective. Does it get any better than that? To me, isn't that why we're here to raise the world up and make the world? Yes. Yes. That sounds so idealistic, but you need money to do these things. So it's, it's not being selfish or a mongrel that you want to earn more money. You're coming from a place of heart and love where you want to do better, right? We want to make better in the world. So yeah, I, I believe in the high ticket as well. You know, it's almost the uh, the high point, no pun intended. Um, I feel like that's, that is the main point um, for coaches, consultants, and small business entrepreneurs to take mm-hmm. away from this conversation and from the virtual selling summit. Let's realize we're worth a lot more than we think. If you're charging $200 an hour, you should probably charge $500. If you charge $500 an hour, believe it, you should probably charge 1000 And the more you get success, the more you're worth. Look, there's a reason that uh, 
you know, Tony Robbins or Mari Curry are, are charging 5,000. Well, she might charge 5,000. Tony's what, fifteen twenty thousand $20,000 an hour. Um, it's look, they've got good stuff. <laughs> Your stuff may be as good or better. It's a matter of, <clears throat> excuse me, building the foundation to be able to have the confidence yeah. and the people behind you saying, you know, she really helped me. Uh, it was worth every penny. Um, all of these features are important in considering this area of high ticket. And I will freely admit over the years, I have also not really understood what my worth is and charged way too little as an hourly rate. And when you realize if you charge $10,000 for a program and you've, like you said, kind of, you've got video content, you've got workbooks, you've got group coaching and you've got audio content and you've got some one-on-one, all of that is you. And all of that is worth a certain amount not just what you think is your hourly rate. So I guess one final thought for everybody is you're worth two to three times more than you think you are. Start there when thinking about high ticket programs. Yeah. And and just really one last thing on that to build on that, Henry, is look at the return on investment. Stop looking at your time of an hourly rate and think if I if I charge a thousand dollars and I help this client make five thousand dollars an hour, maybe you should be charging twenty five hundred dollars an hour. Right. But it's it's the return on the investment. So if somebody's spending that with you. And they could parlay that into more money on the back end. That skill you just gave them is really priceless. That's it's right. not just worth that $1,000 or $2,000 because now they can make that five grand over and over and over again. So you're, you know, $1,000, $2,000, whatever it is for your high ticket. And they're, they're creating a million dollars out there. Don't you think that's a priceless gift you just gave them? And we're afraid to charge for that. That's crazy. <laughs> it's really crazy. Yeah. Own your own your greatness. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to give you Henry's website, everybody. I think everybody needs a little more Henry in their life. Um, so two two ways you could go to his website, which is high and then it's a hyphen. Right. Henry, high hyphen ticket incubator dot com. Did I get that right? High dash ticket incubator dot com. You say hi, what did you say? Hyphen. High dash. Yeah. Dash. I say hyphen. Okay. Dash. dash. Okay. (laughs) Hi. And then the little line. I want to freely admit to everybody. uh, There is, if you click on the learn more, it's not quite completed, but there's a little uh, survey you can take and uh, better is just send me an email if you want to chat or go and register for the summit, which I guess you're also going to talk about. I am, Henry. Thank you for that. That was a layup he just gave me, guys. Um, Yes, if you want to email Henry directly where you have some questions specific for him, please go to Henry, H-E-N-R-I, at high dash ticket ticket incubator.com. See, I want to say hyphen. So Henry at high dash ticket incubator.com. You can email him directly. And the, the summit, um, there's a free ticket for you guys from June 29th to July 1st. Come and play, man. We have so many great speakers, so much great content, a ton of free giveaways, um, for you to help move your needle and just improve your expertise or maybe find the thing that you've been missing that you're like, Oh, that's what I, that's the 
the next piece of the puzzle for my business or my career. So the summit checklist and free ticket, I will give you that link, but it's the virtual selling summit.com. And I'll make sure you have that link in the show notes. So you guys easy peasy click and it'll take you so you could sign up. Um, I'll be there as well. So come and play. I love when my peeps come and join us. So um, Henry, thank you so much for just running the summit. It's, it's a lot of work. I know to organize this and to bring so many amazing people under one roof. It's truly an honor. I was really honored and privileged to be asked by you to join. So thank you so much for that as well. And just for being such a great guest and sharing so many great tips for, for my listeners. I truly appreciate your time. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. You're always fun to hang out with. And I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build and discover together that no matter where you are in your business, career, sales, whatever it is, leadership, where you're feeling stuck, I truly hope that my guests and I provide some just strategies, tips and ideas that you can implement immediately. You know the rule with me, guys. If you hear a tip or a strategy and you do nothing with it, it's good information. That's nice. But when you start applying and practicing and playing with it, that's where the magic happens. That's where we get the results. And that's what I want the show to be about. And I know that's what my guests and I both want for you. So thank you so much for tuning in uh, to the Heart Centered Sales Leader podcast with me, your Heart Centered Sales Leader and host Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.net. I wish you all a wonderful, inspired week. And I truly am honored to have you on this journey of change and growth and building relationships and all these cool things that we get to do in business today. So I'll see you all next week. You've been listening to the Heart Centered Sales Leader podcast. Thanks for tuning in to hear Connie Whitman and her expert guests share tips, tools, and strategies that can be implemented immediately. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.